seven years ago, it was 2014. And CAFE at the time was called EdTech. Back then, we were helping instructors redesign their course in a process called flipping. Dr. Katie Shannon, a teaching professor in biological sciences, noticed her cell bio students weren't hitting the application levels of learning that she was hoping for them to achieve in this course. So instead of doing a full flip, Dr. Shannon decided to do her regular, regular lecture on Monday and Wednesday classes. And then for Friday classes, the students had to watch a video prior to coming into class. Once they arrived, they were typically put into groups and worked on problem sets together. Here's a look into our conversation, why Katie found the partial flip significantly helped her student learning objectives and reach those deeper levels of learning she was looking for in this course. So my main motivation for doing the flip was to have some class time to do um, kind of application type of problems where students had to take what they had learned and apply it to a new problem that they hadn't seen before. And I found that um, if I gave those types of questions on a homework, mm -hmm. it freaked some students out because they would say, the answer is not in the textbook. And yes, the answer is not in the textbook, right? You're supposed to be able to, um, you know, make your best guess, kind of. But they were really uncomfortable with that. And so in doing the flip, I put the lecture content online in videos for them to watch before class. And then in class, they were working in groups um, on a problem set um, to kind of tackle these problems in a setting where they could get help from their classmates. And also, I would walk around and, and get help uh, if they were stuck. Yeah, yeah. So tell me more about that in-class meeting when they're working on the application part of it. You were talking to me about Bloom's Taxonomy and how that really adjusted how, how you thought about teaching and how you, you thought, you know, if I do this flip, I can reach a little bit higher levels of learning. Right. So I think our students are really comfortable with sort of the knowledge level, right, repeating, memorizing and repeating it back. But again, I wanted to get more at this application, sort of higher level Bloom's thinking, and that's what I felt like we didn't have time for maybe before. And yeah. so doing the flip was a way to make, make time in the classroom for them to um, figure out how to approach problems where, again, they don't know the answer, they have to make a prediction or... Um, you know, again, more like analysis uh, and apply level blooms. Yeah, there is research showing that, you know, working in groups, if they have a functional group, right, which is a different. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> right, but, but working in groups can be, right, they can bounce ideas off each other and, you know, explaining it to other students is a really good way to make sure that they themselves understand the material. So yeah. um, that's one of the reasons why, again, it's, you know, doing that in the classroom makes that group work possible, whereas assigning it outside of class you know, would be a lot harder. Hi, I'm Beth Reardon, and I'm an instructional designer here at CAFE. Research that's conducted by Edweek Research Center Studies found that nearly 50% of students self-reported that their motivation and morale significantly decreased as a result of teaching changes caused by the pandemic. It's true. Though we don't have a lot of information yet about the effects of remote learning on students, we do know 
it has made it more difficult for faculty to create class structures with high student engagement. On the flip side of that, we know that when students are more engaged, their morale and motivation to learn also increases. Not only that, according to education neuroscience expert, Dr. David Sousa, higher student engagement also motivates students to persist through academic challenges. There are a variety of ways to form your class structure to enhance student engagement. One way Dr. Shannon found most useful in her cell bio course was to incorporate more group work. When students are encouraged to make discoveries on their own or in a group without much direct influence from the instructor, this is known as academic autonomy and also has been proven to increase student engagement. Consider the way you can incorporate group work into your class for higher student engagement. The stage on the stage. <laughs> right, the sort of thing about flipping that people say is it changes the instructor's role yeah. from the, the sage on the stage to the guide on the side. That's it. So, yeah. and on those days, right, I'm not sort of standing up in front of the classroom, I'm walking around, you know, listening to what they're talking about, trying to help, again, not give them the answer, but sort of say, okay, why do you think it's this answer or you know, sometimes they're completely stuck and I'll say, okay, well, in the video, we talked about this, right? And so again, trying to guide them towards how to find the answer. As far as student grades, do you notice anything with that as far as from the time you flipped to now? So I did do a little research to try to figure out, um, you know, what was going on. So their exam averages did not change from before the flip to after the flip. Mm -hmm. So um, on the one hand, it didn't improve overall the grades, but on the other hand, it also didn't decrease it. But I also feel like I was asking, again, higher level Bloom's questions after the flip, and they were able to do those without their exam average going down. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also looked to see Right, part of what's important about the flip is that they come to class prepared. And so I was assigning textbook reading before lectures and then these videos before class. And they also have to take a quiz um, on the videos before class. Um, because if they don't know anything, they're not gonna be able to work on the problems. And so I went back and analyzed um, how much they watched the videos because all that data is captured. And um, also I surveyed them about how much they were reading the textbook because it's hard otherwise to measure that. <laughs> um, and both of those, reading the textbook and watching the videos was positively correlated with their exam grade, okay. which was nice. So I yeah. can show that it's not just what we're doing in class, but also them engaging with the material outside of the class that's important for how well they do overall. Another right. thing I like about the flip that I think is important is students taking responsibility for getting some of the content knowledge on their own and not just waiting, you know, coming to class completely unprepared and just waiting for you to like fill their brains, right? right. It's like they need to come to class having already done something and then we're going to do something in class that depended on them doing that thing before. And then maybe I'll give it a little lecture and we can do some other active learning things again like think pair share I like to do a lot and I use clickers and so I'm trying to think about how um, 
how to structure it, you know, keeping, I think keeping the flip part is important, but it's like, do I want to segregate it one day a week or do I want to sort of mix it in yeah. all the time? Yeah. It's so cool now that you have like all these different tools you can use though, because you practice it, you know, prototyped it, all mm-hmm. that. So, well, yeah. And, you know, last semester when we were doing, I was doing it as a blended class because of the pandemic. I, I sort of made videos of everything, you know, so the Flip Friday stuff I already had videos for, but then I went and I made videos basically of all my lectures in chunks, chunked, chunked them up. So normally it's like what I would give in one class lecture is maybe three short videos. But now I have like all of the videos. And so again, it's like I could just maybe have them watch one before every class, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and mix it up a little bit because I've, I've done that making the video work. Right. <laughs> <Already. laughs> You've done the hard work, yeah. When it comes to flipping your class, yes. Usually the most time-consuming and difficult part is the video-making process. But it can also be the most rewarding part of the experience. Many instructors go into a redesign thinking. Video creation is about replicating my lecture in an online format instead of students in front of me. I have a camera in front of me as I'm speaking. Contrary to this mindset, a more effective redesign is thinking about how you can take the key elements from your 50 minute lecture and emphasize them in three to four eight minute videos. Then have students be responsible for building their knowledge through different assignments, links, and other resources. Research shows that short, bite-sized videos instead of 50-minute lecture videos not only enhance student learning, but also allow you, as the video maker, to create content that is more manageable for times when you need to go in and tweak and edit. Bite-sized videos also allow the student to go back and re-watch the areas where they need more help. This creates reusable content for your future classes, which proved to be helpful for Katie when we switched over for the pandemic in 2020. Um, I would say that the extra work is worth it because it helps the students learn. And there's a lot of research that says that lecture is really a poor way for students to learn and so doing active things like clickers and think pair share um, is better as well as group learning is better and um, and I think the flip if it's done the right way is also another tool where students are um, applying the knowledge and they're not just sitting there passively trying to absorb the knowledge and so I think you know, my goal is I want students to really learn it, not just learn it and forget it. And so um, the research says that that the flipping is, is part of that deeper learning. Awesome. And I love also what you said about the students become more of the responsible party in the learning. And like if they have to watch something before they come in, they're sort of already like they're taking responsibility of I'm building my foundation. Mm-hmm. Come to class. Now we're adding on. So... Yeah, and they're already thinking about it a little bit. Maybe they can then more easily come up with questions or um, fit it into what they already know. So it's like priming them. (laughs) If you're interested in how you can prime your students to take more responsibility in their learning, you can contact Dr. Shannon for even more ideas.
or feel free to reach out to any members in our group here at CAFE. We love to champion instructors who are going about new ways in teaching to reach their students best. To see semester interviews, you can hit that subscribe button. And to hear our audio-only version, check out the link below for our podcast. I'm Victoria, and I'll see you next time on Cafe Creative.